Blow and the Doctor. Hey Who fans, coming at you from somewhere in space and time, this is the Big Blue Box Podcast, this is Gary, this is Adam, and this is episode 21. We've got loads of news to go through today, haven't we mate? I know we have, yeah, loads and loads. Some stuff that's come through today actually. Yeah, this last bit that you're, you've just told me about has, has made my jaw drop to the floor, actually. Yeah, what could it be? What, what could, could it be? be? <laughs> Half the press. So we hope you guys have uh, had a good couple of weeks. Um, apologies for last week. Adam and I had a, uh, a quite a busy, a busy old week, so we didn't well, find any time. No, you well, you you were working hard, and I was swanning around Venice. <laughs> so I'd love to lie and say I was um, busy, but I well, I wasn't. I was searching for vampires in Venice. So yeah, but I'm sure you were busy, mate. <laughs> yeah, work, working hard this time of year. The old day jobs kicking the ass. So uh, and you were off travelling, doing nothing. I was. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> walking around Venice in the rain. Yeah. yeah. So episode twenty one is upon us this week. No, 21 again. Indeed, 21 again, yeah. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, so hope you guys have had a good... Well, I wonder what you guys are doing. What are you guys doing now that there's no Doctor Who on the, on the TV at the moment? I asked this question on Twitter a little while ago, and uh, the, the main consensus was people were just checking out, um, uh, like, classic Who stuff and, mm. and all that, which I think is uh, pretty cool. I, I normally do that when the series is, is finished. Um, I still need to watch Doctor Who, of course. Yeah, so dig out some of the classic stuff. What about you? Yeah, yeah, well, the same. And um, yeah, apart from sort of obviously going on holiday and that, but yeah, I've been watching a few classics. So I, <laughs> I started to watch, um, uh, oh gosh, not The Invisible Enemy. I've forgotten the title now. The other day, and I got two episodes in, uh, Sunmakers, that's right. And because um, oh. I hadn't watched it for ages, and I went to a, a Blake Seven event um, last Friday. And Michael Keaton, who was in Blake Seven, said I was also in a Doctor Who. And I was thinking, how did I not know this? How you know? Because I'm such a big fan of both programs. So I dug out the episode he was in just to remind myself. And I completely forgotten he was in it, but um, I've only watched two episodes so far, so I've got to go back to that one. Is that yeah. one you've seen, The Sunmakers? I've not seen that one. Nope. It's it's uh, yes, yeah, interesting. Not one of the best, but it's um it's got its got its good points. Who's um what Doctor is this one? It's the fourth Doctor story. Okay. And um yeah, it's all sort of to do with VAT and stuff. It's um. It's quite cleverly sort of written, I suppose. Um, yeah, it's worth worth a look. It's got an interesting <laughs> character in it. This little bold guy who sits in a chair and he's tapping away at his computers and that sort of for most of the episode. It's um, yeah, it's interesting. Not not one of the best, but yeah, it's good to good to revisit it. Okay, so it could be cool. one for a future future episode review. Yeah, cool. And we've got a a fourth Doctor story in our retro review this week. Yeah, and this is from the same series actually, from from series fifteen. Cool. Um, right. So yeah, it's a bit later on. So yeah, we're going back to the first episode this week. So cool. Interesting. And um, any new collectibles? Any new stuff turn up this week? Um, I've actually since we did the last podcast, I got some great stuff. I got the um, Seventh Doctor umbrella, which is just brilliant. I've I've always wanted one. 
Um, they've obviously, the BBC have finally officially released one. Not particularly expensive, um, considering how sometimes these things can be way overpriced. So mm -hmm. it's really well priced, and I just love it. Oh, cool. Uh, it's just a really simple, you know, just the, just the one that the Seven Tops had. But it's really well done. Looks just like the one off the, off the show. Uh, I got the silver screen box set of all the 11 CDs, which is absolutely awesome. Um, I really can't wait to do a review of that, actually. That's the special TARDIS box set that was made. Oh, of, that I think looked, I said on a previous podcast, they've been sending me pictures of it being made because the TARDIS was handmade and stuff. And Yeah, that yeah. looks so good. It is, mate. I can't wait to do a review of it because it's really good. And I mean, despite the look of it as well, the look of it's good. The packaging's amazing. But also the music on it is incredible. Um, the Eighth Doctor movie soundtrack is in there pretty much complete. And I absolutely love it. I can't believe it's never been sort of officially released before because it's so good i've been listening to it loads okay and the um going back to the tardis um uh, case that it comes in the the scaled it's actually a proper built wooden properly thing it's a proper thing thing yeah it's a proper thing yeah it yeah. weighs a ton as well it absolutely weighs a ton because somebody had sent silver screen a picture of themselves holding it saying my tardis has arrived and they retweeted it so i thought oh, i'll do that <laughs> i'll send them a picture <laughs> and i tried to take a selfie holding it it, it, it absolutely weighs a ton so in the end i just took a few pictures of it on the table and sent it to them and said it, you know how great it was um and it did get retweeted so it still did the job but um yeah it really is it's a really really nice thing i'm so glad i ordered it it's um it's it's very cool. And have you um have you gone through and listened to them from the beginning, or have you just picked out a few and, and no, listened to them? No, I haven't actually, because the the first and second Doctor CDs are quite experimental. Uh, you know, there's a lot of sort of sound effects and strange noises. In fact, the third Doctor disc is is even more strange actually, uh, when you think of the Sea Devils music and that. But um, no, I've kind of I've I've sort of dived into the fourth and fifth Doctor disc because i like i like that era of yeah. music and um, paddy kingsland and stuff like that and I, and then i really couldn't wait to hear the the eighth doctor one so i've been listening to that a lot because uh, of cool. course the rest of it i've kind of listened to a lot anyway the the you know the ninth tenth eleventh doctor music is is there's not much new on there in fact i don't think there's anything there's a couple of itunes exclusives they've put on it but most of it is stuff i've already heard so i haven't really gone into that much so so far okay but it's, it does look very very good Re it is very nice, very yeah. jealous of that yeah so it's, it's a nice one to have yeah. yeah yeah okay cool the only thing i'm the only thing i've i picked up over the last week was a book oh yeah <laughs> just a single book I, I don't know why i picked it up i just um i was in forbidden planet a couple of weekends ago and um because i was uh in london because the wife had something on and um whenever i'm in that part of london it's she's like so what are you gonna do i'm like hmm I'm going to have a look around and, you know, it won't be long. She's like, you're going to Forbidden Planet, aren't you? So, mm, I might do. I might end up in there. You never know. Um, but, yeah, so I wasn't really looking anything to pick up anything in particular. Um, but for some reason, I don't know why I bought this book because I've never had my eye on it before. And it's not really a, a well-known one. It's um, It was from the 50th anniversary uh, series of books. And it's the Ninth Doctor's um, uh, book called Only Human by Gareth Roberts. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I've no idea why I picked it up. I just saw it and I thought, because I've only got the David Tennant um, book of that series so far. Yeah. And um, I, I did say to myself, actually, the next time um, that I'm going to pick one of these books up, I'm going to go to beginning and get the, the Hartnell uh, book. Um, but that went out the window and I got this one. I have no idea why. I'm going to start reading it tonight. It's actually, I guess, it's such a great episode as well, isn't it? Because obviously on the TV, it was the 10th Doctor 
Um, they, they made it to the Tenth Doctor two-parter, didn't they? Oh, that's right. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so yeah. it'd be interesting to see how it was sort of originally written and yeah. how much of it got changed. Stuff. I, I must admit, I, I've got the book. I haven't read it actually, um, just because I've got so. I love buying books, Doctor <laughs> Who books. Yeah. Um, I just don't get much chance to read them, so I have got a bit of a backlog. But yeah, let me know what you think of it. It'd be interesting to see how it compares to the actual one that got made into the TV show. Yes, indeed. If we um if we ever start doing reviews on here, I will. I will do that. Okay, yeah. Let's do it. Cool. Um, okay, should we do the news, buddy? Should we land this let, thing? Let, let's, let's land it and get into the news. Lots and lots of news. Lots, lots of who news. Which is good, actually, because I think people were a bit worried when the show finished that it was going to be a bit of a sort of drought, nothing would be happening, but there's loads happening, isn't there? Loads. First bit. Uh, we've got a broadcast time for the Christmas special. Mm. I don't know why this always makes the news. Um, <laughs> it's not really that important, is it? Not really, no. Um, no. It's, we, every, every time that there's a Christmas special over the last few years, there's always that week 10 days before christmas or two weeks before um they always say um there's always loads of news to say right the uk is going to broadcast it at this time and then um the usa and canada are going to get at this time and then australia and all that sort of stuff it's like well it's a pretty good bet it's going to be on at christmas day somewhere between five and seven yeah i wouldn't worry about it too much (laughs) it's going to be on at some point a lot of people will be catching, doing it on catch-up as well, won't they? I mean, it's Christmas Day is a, you know, quite an eventful day. Um, I mean, I, I would love to think I'll be able to sit down at six fifteen and watch it in peace, but that's never going to happen. So I'll be, I'll be sort of watching it through all the news and wine and party poppers, and then, and then watching it properly locked in a room uh, about midnight on that day, on that night. I expect. What about you? Yeah, I might not be able to watch it on Christmas Day. I'm not sure because I'm going to be in Canada for Christmas. Are you? Yes, I will be. And I know in Canada they're going to show it at 9 p.m. So I'm not sure whereabouts I'll be on Christmas Day, whether we'll be in a hotel or out somewhere. I'm not sure, but I will. Well, if you'll even be coherent at 9 o'clock on Christmas Day. Exactly, yeah. So I'll either be watching it at some point around that time on on, uh, Christmas Day or I'll definitely catch it on Boxing Day. Yeah, see, Boxing Day is definitely out for me, which is why I, I always try and, even if I can't hear it, I always try and make sure it's on the screen so that I can sort of <laughs> get an idea of what's going on. Okay. And, then I, and then I normally watch it when I get in um, later, uh, uh, you know, and obviously I am a bit drunk by then and I have to watch it a couple of times <laughs> after, but I never get a chance on Boxing Day because Boxing Day for us is all, even more busy than Christmas Day in a way. Um, so, yeah, I always try and make sure it's on in the household, even if I'm surrounded by lots of family and, and rice, uh, not rice puddings, uh, Christmas puddings. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I try and s- at least see a bit of it, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, on, on the actual broadcast so that uh, when I go on forums, I have a slight idea of what people are talking about. Cool. So what time is it on, Adam, on Christmas Day? Uh, it's quarter past six. That's not a bad time. It's not a bad time. Um, yeah, it's not a bad time at all, actually. I, I had a feeling it would be later. Uh, just I think because the last series started to get later in the schedule, I, I had a feeling this would be around the sort of seven, eight o'clock mark. 6.15, mm. yeah, I suppose it's a reasonable time, isn't it? That's quite cool because most people would have had the, the big Christmas dinner done and dusted by that point. 
crashed out on the sofa probably exactly yeah so you're yeah. on the sofa you've got an alcoholic beverage of your choice <laughs> and you've got some snacks 615 before like some other um because when's the don't they have an eastenders i don't watch it but do they have an eastenders <laughs> special christmas yeah. day no i expect so i yeah. I, I, re, I, ha, I won't have it on no I, honestly i remember no. actually i remember having uh, might have been a couple of years ago actually um, my mum does well, i don't know if she does now but she used to watch all the soaps i don't think she's so much into them now but i remember it coming on the telly on christmas day and I'd had a couple of drinks, and you know what you're like, you're, you're quite loud after a couple of drinks, even if you don't realize. And I remember being quite leery and going, no, I'm, I'm not having this, I'm not <laughs> having this misery on Christmas Day, like it was my house, you know. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, can't, I, I can't stand these the soaps, mate. They, and the thought of watching one on Christmas Day, oof, no yeah, chance. It just drives you mad, doesn't it? No, Bloody I couldn't have it on, honestly. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think EastEnders might be after this. I, I know there's a... Miranda as well, which is another one that just oh, I can't even bear to think about. So, I, I, yeah, I, I think it's good that this is on and then we can switch the telly off and play some party games. Superb. <laughs> Drunken and, party games. Yeah, and I think, um, uh, so 6.15 for us in the UK, US and Canada, 9 p.m., uh, yeah. Germany, 9.30 p.m., and then Australia doesn't get it until Boxing Day, 7.30 p.m. Blimey. Yeah. Very Sorry, cool. guys, down under. Yeah, we'll try not to put too many spoilers out there for you, but you know it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. Avoid the internet. So that's uh, last Christmas. Make sure you um, note that down in case you you know, you know didn't know when it was going to be on on Christmas Day. That's right. Um, yeah. Wish we'd got like the news um, music, you know, that really... Dun, 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 so, so I could play it in. 6.15. Oh, so I'm sort of breaking news. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so last Christmas, you know when it's going to be on. Don't need to say anything else about that. Uh, next bit of news. This is quite cool, this one. Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be a spin-off um, series of novels based on um, uh, Alistair Gordon Lethbridge-Stewart. Yeah. That's awesome. This, this surprised me. I don't, this has sort of come out of nowhere. Um, I, I knew nothing about this, did you? It just seemed no, to no. be announced. I was like, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, I was. <laughs> I was like, it's, it's quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it's the it's the younger Lethbridge Stewart, not the uh, Death in Heaven Cyberman. Uh, of course not. No, this is <laughs> yeah. the uh, the younger one. So um, the series is set shortly after the events of the Web of Fear, which was his first episode mm. that he appeared in. And there's going to be four uh, novels released uh, once a quarter, uh, every few months, um, starting in February next year. Yeah, that's cool. I, I'll be getting these. Will you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He's, um, he's been quite an important character throughout the classic years. Um, he's he's been in so many good episodes, and um, he's such a great character. I'm I'm really looking forward to these ones actually. And um, uh, yeah, I think it's a great thing that they're bringing these novels out because um, it's it's a way of keeping that character alive. You know, it's a it's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. No, I'm the same. I'm, I'm looking forward to these. And I like the, they put some little artwork, didn't they, when they advertised it? Yeah. Um, which looks very retro and cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to these. Yeah, that's going to be cool. So that's February next year. That's something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, next up. Oh, this is, <laughs> this one, <laughs> this next story is, is hilarious because it's just typical um, UK journalism oh, just yeah. giving out a load of BS about, they're just jumping on a on something that's that's successful and trying to trying to rubbish it down. And um, I don't even know where this where where how this started really. Um, do you know about this story with the mirror? Yeah, about the ratings. Yeah, yeah. So uh, series eight ratings. Yeah. So um, what what they're 
I'm not going to read the whole thing, but essentially what they're saying is, <clears throat> excuse me, that the um, because Series 8 um, quite frequently went out a bit later than it normally would do, um, they're saying that because of that, Series 8 was a complete flop. Which is nonsense. Which is complete nonsense, yeah. Um, because I don't think there were some episodes throughout um, the last series which didn't really pull in as many viewers as previous um, series of Doctor Who has done. That you know, that's that's nothing too too crazy. But the whole series hasn't been like that. There have been some episodes where they've pulled in a bucket load more viewers. You know, it's been a bit of an up and down. But yeah. Um, so the the BBC have basically said, you know, this is complete rubbish because um, if you look at the 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 ratings overall for the complete series, it's actually done bloody well. Yeah, I was going to say it's performed it's performed perfectly well. There's there's nothing wrong with the ratings, and a lot of the time when they report these these stories, they use the overnight figures, which mean absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, in fact, to be honest with you, I don't even know how they can. Cons- consolidate the ratings these days but i don't even think ratings mean that much in terms of how they gather the information because i don't know if they still do it like this but it used to be a case of they just sent people out with clipboards and and got an average of how many people they interviewed said they watched certain programs do they still do it like that do you know what i don't know because my aunt used to be involved in it She she used to do it and i used to think well that is such a that is such a um inaccurate way of finding out ratings you know it's not like they've it's not like they're picking up your signal through the tv and actually getting some sort of accurate you know um account of how many people are watching so i don't even know if i if i believe the you know ratings at all but to, the, the only thing you need to sort of worry about is that we all know that it's doctor who's still a successful tv series um the amount of merchandise that they spin off from it uh, says it all really um, it yeah. makes the BBC an awful lot of money. There, there really isn't anything to be concerned about when it comes to the ratings. Yeah. Well, and certainly not yet anyway. No, and, there, and there's something that we need to consider as well, which has not been a factor really, in that well, that much anyway in previous years. And and that is the way that people are consuming, um, uh, t- especially TV shows these days, is very different mm. to how it was back when Doctor Who first came back in 2005. That's right. Um, because back then it really was a case of, you, you had your um, your overnight audience, um, and then you, that was then just thrown into the series uh, audience to work out how many viewers you had per series or for that particular series. Yeah. Um, but nowadays you've got catch up TV and iPlayer and stuff like that, so um, you have to take that into consideration as well because um, what they're saying is the um, the average um, nightly viewing figures were about. Um, five and a half million viewers, um, which they say is the lowest since the show came back in 2005. Mm. And um, and they're saying that it's on a year-per-year basis, there are about 80,000 people down year on year. Um, but then if you look at things like the, um, uh, the uh, Watch It Later, so um, Catch Up On Demand, um, that's up by uh, 40%, which is huge. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that sort of says it all, really, yeah. doesn't it? And then you had yeah. a further one and a half or over one and a half million people uh, watching the show through iPlayer. 
So I think the the mirror has been a bit hasty um, and jumped on it and just said, you know, it's been a flop. It hasn't been a flop at all. It's been very successful. Yeah. Um, if you think about some of the other shows that the BBC have done as well, it's still pulling in a, a much larger audience than a lot of those shows. But you've also got the the iPlayer and the catch up and stuff like that. That's also increasing a lot. So I think you know it's it's a complete nonsense, really, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I I like to with, with Doctor Who. I like to try and watch it on the night. But even I have have caught up a couple of episodes in the series on iPlayer um, and a lot of other programs that I like. Uh, obviously not so much thought too. You know, I, I watch them on iPlayer because they're on at times when I'm not around or if it's a weekend or whatever. It's it's a perfectly you know, like you said, the times have moved on. People don't have to be at the TV screens at a certain time. You know, we, we can we've got the sort of luxury of what, enjoying things when we want to watch them or when we're free to watch them. Um, so yeah, it's it's a nonsense article really. They obviously didn't have much to report that day. Yeah, um, you know, Doctor Who's still yeah okay. They they might be lower than than sort of previous series uh, in in the overnights or whatever, but it's still performing really strongly. It is yeah. So yeah. It, it's just one of those stories that's gained a lot of traction across a lot of um, Doctor Who news related sites and so on. Yeah. So yeah, sure. it's just um it's just a load of BS. Just ignore it. <laughs> Set, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so now we've rubbished that story and debunked it. Um, In the bin. Yeah, tell us about this next one, because you got chip. well excited about this one. I just want to say chip wrapper. That's the word I was looking chip for. Wrapper. <laughs> but that, that's chip wrapper. Um, <laughs> oh, what this, the, the, yeah, this news about the um, theme park, the BBC theme park. Is this right? Is this true? This is it? right, yeah. Wow. What, what's going on? This is, this is where our licence money is going. <laughs> is, is that why they're closing BBC Three to open this theme park? Well, this is um, this one's pretty pretty big, isn't it? This is one of the... Um, so the BBC have announced, and this is official. But yeah. well, actually, not the BBC as in like the, the UK BBC channel, but BBC Worldwide um, have announced uh, plans to launch a two billion pounds that's billion with a b um <laughs> kent based theme park and holiday resort that's going to open in 2020 my goodness and it's going to focus on some of the bbc's top shows like sherlock top gear there's another couple but obviously doctor who is going to feature very heavily wow now there's a guy so the director of live events at BBC Worldwide. He says, we're always looking for opportunities to extend fans' enjoyment of their favourite shows and the idea behind the resort is a really exciting way of celebrating the very special place the BBC is in British culture. So there you go. Well, I mean, it, it has the potential to be amazing. Of course, yeah. <laughs> you know, it could be fantastic. Um, yeah, I just, I'm just shocked by it. I just never in my wildest dreams did I imagine the BBC would open a... 20 billion pound theme park um but yeah i'm I'm interested to see what they come you know what's going to be there i mean if they're going to have some doctor who rides or um you know sherlock um roller coasters then wow you know the mind boggles but yeah it's it's intriguing news yeah there's there's not there's no details as yet on the specifics of what's going to be here um we just know it's a lot of money so it better be good yeah, it's a lot of money. I'm just thinking as well, 2012, you know, five, uh, just over five years from now. And, um, you know, you think of the sort of technology that's going to be around in five years from now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it, it should be incredible with that amount of money being spent on it. Can't wait to see what they come up with. That's going to be cool. It just seems surreal. It does, doesn't it? Like an, an, yeah. an entire theme park dedicated to the BBC and, uh, well, the mm. BBC's programs that it puts out, should I say. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I hope they have a Heidi High section, like an old holiday camp bit. <laughs> <laughs> As you go in, Heidi High. <laughs> the dad's army bit. That'd be brilliant. It would be it cool. It does have potential, yeah. actually. The more I think about it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, more, the more it could be good. Yeah, that's cool. Tickets will probably be extortionate. Of course. Imagine, what, where are we going to be in 2020? Gosh. Wow. Episode, well, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> but we'll be there. We'll be there. We'll keep you, you guys. Um, we'll give you some more news as we... Uh, as this trickle feeds through for as this we one. we get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next bit of news, just quickly, Jenna Coleman. She's staying on. Mm. Thought she was gone, but she's staying. She changed her mind. Um, I, I would have been a bit a bit miffed at this if I was old uh, old Moffat. Because he had, he had wrote a very big chunk of the story stuff already for Series 9 based on her not being there. Yeah. And um, it did say that when she changed her mind... Um, the writers were like, oh, we're going to have to scrap a lot of stuff we've already written for that then to uh, to put you back in. Yeah, I, I, if this is true, I, I I would have just slammed the door in her face, actually. <laughs> because uh, I, don't, I don't know, is it? Can they, do they not plan these things far in advance? I mean, I just don't know. Well, um, but but yeah. if it is, yeah, if they've had to do that, it's pretty off. And why, sh- you know, has she changed her mind? Because it sounds like she was worried about you know, she thought she sort of, you know, she obviously knew the way her character was going to go in series eight and maybe she thought, all right, that's it. I'm done. And then it's, she's got quite a lot of critical acclaim from this series. Mm -hmm. So do you think maybe she thought, Oh, Oh, it's done better than I thought actually. Maybe I ought to stay on. And you know, I don't know what her reasoning, why would she suddenly change her mind? Yeah. It's bizarre. Cause like Uh, you say, uh, it's normally quite far in advance that these things are planned through. Mm. So, hmm. but um, on the plus side, though, Jenna Coleman's been very good for Series Eight. She has, but I, th- yeah. I kind of when you put it on Twitter, and I think I just put groan because I, when I read it, I was just like, oh, because I, I think she should go out on a high, and I didn't like her in Series Eight particularly. I really liked her in Series, sorry, Series Seven. I really liked her in Series Eight. I thought she was really good, and I think, like you said, the ending was you know done well obviously she did the christmas special so we don't know where that's gonna go mm-hmm. but i'm kind of ready f- i was kind of ready for her to move on um so i'm not i'm not overjoyed that she's staying but it is only for half a series isn't it that's Which right could, yeah. could work well you know the more i thought about it it could could be good and she does work very well with capaldi i have to say that the two of them do work really well together so yeah half a series the more i've thought about it, it could be good to have her for that yeah, I think um, I, I, I'm I'm glad that she's going to be back for uh, series uh, nine, nine, even 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 for half, just because, uh, like you say, I'd like her to go out on a bit more of a a bit more of a bang rather than the anticlimactic walking up this street Eastender style. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. So Jenna Coleman's back. Oh, Clara, she'll be back after the Christmas special for summer series nine. That's right. Go. It makes me be intriguing to see how she exits the Christmas special, actually, or or how it's left. Because if they have had to rewrite it, presumably they would have thought that was going to be a last episode. So how's that going to work? Do you know what I mean? It's going to yeah. be quite interesting. Lots of rewrites going on, I expect, yeah. as we speak. Stephen Moffat tearing his hair up. Yeah. Uh, and then last bit of news. Um, uh, we're going to get a new classic DVD out. Um, Finally. I'm not sure... Uh, when next year but um the underwater menace 
Yes, yeah, and I mean, this has been in the pipeline for ages. Mm -hmm. um, and they have the reason for them not releasing it is very vague, isn't it? What does it say? It doesn't even make sense to no, me. It said they delayed the release to ensure that. Um, uh, well, we delayed the release to ensure that our publishing schedule is phased appropriately across the year and the phased? episodes will be animated. Phased appropriately? What does that even mean? Yeah. But I'm just glad it's finally been acknowledged because it, it was there for a while. There was even a trailer for it, I believe, on one of the DVDs. And then it just vanished off the schedule. And, of course, there was lots of rumors about missing episodes, you know, with Webb and um, Enemy of the World being returned. You know, was, was that the reason? Had they found more of it? And, you know, so there's been lots of rumors about why it's been delayed. Um, but it's just nice to see it you know, back on the schedule or at least given a, you know, that it should be out next year. So, and yeah, I quite like the animated ones. So I'm looking, looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. And it's got, um, episode two is the only, is it just a one? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the only one that's, that's out there that we can watch. I think the rest of it will be animated. Right. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. But still, still be good to be good to see it. Cause I haven't listened to an audio of it or anything. So I, um, yeah, it'd be good to good to have a new new episode in that term. It will be cool. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's going to wrap on the news, buddy. Yeah, a lot of news. Shall we dive into our retro review? Let's do it. We've made a terrible mistake. I thought I'd lock the enemy out. Instead, I've locked it in with us. They always said the beast of Fangrog would be back. An alien creature. Yes. Travelling through space. Yes. And yet, desperate, you said, why? Don't that. The creature has got into the lighthouse. Now we must fight for our lives. Ooh. Brilliant. Love yes. that little trailer. It's awesome. It is good. I, I love the first line as well. It's such a classic, um, I thought I'd locked the enemy out, but I've actually locked it in. Yeah. Such a great, great line, isn't it? Very, very you cool. Know? Yeah. So, Written by our old friend Terence Dix. Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah. And this kick-started series 15 of Doctor Who. So it was a, a series opener, this episode. Okay. I didn't know yeah. that. Yep. Nor did, well, nor did I, actually, until I looked it up um, yesterday. Uh, it's the sort of thing I should know. But when I was I was intrigued to see where it was, actually, because I was watching The Sunmaker. So I sort of thought, well, is this before or after? What's going on? Um, but, yeah, it was a series opener. And quite a bold move actually because it's all studio bound this one isn't it it is indeed yeah 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 and they kind of went straight in with the um uh not the not the horror but the um the more suspenseful atmospheric darker tone with this one definitely and actually yeah. it works incredibly well because i'm sometimes when they're all studio bound i find them a bit hard going mm -hmm. um you know I, I like a bit of location work um, so yeah, but it, it does work well, and the actual sets and that look look surprisingly good. I think. Yeah, um, they were. It was quite cool. It had a um, had a kind of claustrophobia to it. Um, very much. Yeah, know, it was. Uh, it was quite tense as the story went through. As you got on to say episode three, by that point, you were a bit. Um, uh, it was. It was a very good build up to the to the finale, but already at that point, you were feeling a bit claustrophobic about the whole thing because. It just kind of flits between a, a few different rooms within the lighthouse mainly, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, and, and that's one of the things I like about it is the fact it's all set on the lighthouse, which is, you know, again, like you said, creates a very claustrophobic atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it, it makes the story different, I think, having it all set in one place. I don't think it's something you could do 
um, all the time or very often because it it would get boring. But it's nice to have an episode that's a bit different, and uh, and it's a it's a really nice idea, I think, having it in the lighthouse because yeah, everyone's just trapped on that rock, yeah. you know, in, in there, which is yeah, with this you know slowly but surely this thing um, trying to get in or or getting in as the case was. Yeah. So yeah, have we revealed? Have we said the title yet? Oh, have we not? For people listening, oh, sorry. <laughs> we've, the most important part of this segment, and we've forgotten guessed. to tell you, yeah. <laughs> we are talking about Horror of Fang Rock, yeah. the Tom Baker uh, four-parter. Because um, I just realized that we, we played the trailer and then just went bounding straight into what we thought. <laughs> and people are like, well, hold on, what, what were you talking about? It could, it could have been it could have been time of the Rani. It could have been anything. could have been anything. Yes. So apologies. Good job, <laughs> Good job you're on the ball, Gary. <laughs> Horror of Fang Rock. Um, actually, talking of the four parts, they're only twenty five minutes. It was it was quite an a it was quite an easy one to watch through and, and get through. Actually, it wasn't um, a bit of a slog like some of them are. Did Did you watch it all? Did you watch all four in one go? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because I because I normally do that. Um, with this one, I I watched two, uh, and then I had a bit of a break. Um, and some lunch stuff and then I went back and watched the other two um, and it just worked really well actually because um, one of the sort of I mean it's a great story I loved it um, but it hasn't got the most exciting cliffhangers that's the only sort of slight negative I can find about it really you know like the cliffhangers are, are fine but they're not real sort of like ah oh, right get the next one on do you know what I mean Yeah. but the story yeah. carries it it nips along at quite a good pace and um, but yeah no, I just, I just wondered I think it's one you could sort of quite easily sort of break up and watch or like you say, just watch all the, all the way through. Yeah, for sure. It's um, yeah, I I found it quite easy. I mean, there are some um, a, a kind of a good indicator for me when I'm watching one of the classic stories is if I if I sit through and watch the whole thing without really struggling too much or thinking, oh wow, I can't I can't do this all in one day, then that's normally I find it to be a really good story because it's I, I want to keep on watching and and mm. you know I want to know what's going to happen. There have been some episodes um, or some 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 stories where I'm two episodes or three episodes in and I'm thinking, yeah, I need to have a break now. I think I'll come back to this later or tomorrow. Uh, Yeah. A lot of the the perky ones can be like that because they're sort of six or seven parters. I think it's never a good idea really to, to try and watch all six or seven in one go. I mean, not that they're not great stories, but you know, sometimes it's good to sort of break them up and, you know, because if you think that when they went out, it would have been one a week. Yes, you know, that's, yeah. that's how they were intended to be watched. But yeah, but, um, but yeah I mean, I, th- I think I, it's been a while since I've watched this one. And I think in my head, I remember I always liked it, but I remembered it being quite slow in my head. Uh, when I rewatched it again yesterday, um, I found actually it does actually nip along quite a good pace. I think I was confusing being slow with being claustrophobic. I think, but, do you know what I mean? I think I was thinking not much happened, but actually yeah. there's loads going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does, it nips along at a fair pace. I think if anything, the sort of slowest episode is two, it's still a good episode, but normally it's the third episode where things lull and nothing much going on. But actually sort of the third episode actually really starts to build up towards the fourth. It's, you know, it mm-hmm. does move along at a good pace, I think. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so the reason why we chose this one is because um, when we when we decided, when you and I had a chat about these retro reviews and stuff, mm. um, last uh, episode, week before last, we did uh, The Unicorn and the Wasp, which was an episode from the newer Doctor Who. Um, so I think we, we kind of decided that we were going to do an alternate week, week on, week off for classic and the newer stuff, didn't we? Yeah. And... Um, 
uh, I picked this one because it was the most recent one that I'd watched. And another good reason for picking this one is it's not one of the... Because I think we kind of... Um, again, when we were talking about this, we kind of decided that we didn't want to pick out these really big classic popular ones. Yeah. You know, right. so although this one is 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 highly regarded amongst a lot of people, when you um when you typically ask people, you know, give us your top three Tom Bakery, top five, this one doesn't normally end up in there. Um, no. Although that's it right. does yeah. So I think this is a good one uh, for us to talk about because it, it's it's I don't think it's one of those classically underrated ones. I think it is rated, you know, fairly highly, but for mm. some reason it doesn't really creep up into people's top fives or anything. But it's a good one. No, it's it's interesting you say that because that's it, yeah. I mean, that's like when when you when you mentioned it when you said about doing it, I was thinking yeah that that's a good one to do because I remember I like it, but it's not one I've watched over and over again. Like you know, it's it's not a Pyramids of Mars or a Terror of Zygons or you know one that I know off by heart. And I was thinking, you know, is there a reason that it doesn't get put in the player, you know, yeah. just the same amount of times as what you, like you said, those classic stories. Um, and there really isn't. I, th I don't know what it is about it. I think it's just a really great little story. Um, but I suppose because it, it doesn't have, I, I don't know, it doesn't, there's uh, nothing missing from it. But, you know, it's, <laughs> it's somehow it's not in the same category for me as sort of pyramids or terror, Zygons or, you know, anything like that. So, I don't know. It's it's one that's perhaps sort of slightly overlooked. I think it is. Yeah, and yeah. I um, I liked it because well, the main reason for me kind of watching this one all the way through those four episodes back to back was um, I just found the I just found the whole atmosphere and the tenseness of it just quite captivating. I really wanted to mm. to find out what was going to happen um, uh, with uh, with the monster in this one, the Rutan. What, you know how it was going to manifest itself. You know how it was going to because it was obvious it was going to kill x <laughs> amount of people you know if not all of them um and that yeah, doesn't I, happen until later on so no i was gonna say it's quite late on isn't it that it starts actually taking over people i mean when ruben's taken over ruben the ruben the ruton when he's taken over <laughs> i mean that guy's perfect casting isn't he to be that yeah so yeah. you know and i think that's one of the real pluses of this episode that makes it work so well actually is i think the cast in it are really good they're all sort of playing it very sort of straightforward. It is very much like a sort of drama. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think they, they, you know, I think the performances in it are really good. I think the cast are good. Um, I know the sort of young chap in it uh, is perhaps a little bit sort of, um, uh, what's the sort of, you know, perhaps a little bit over the top, but he, he was quite new to acting. I was, I was seeing in the production notes and stuff. So, but overall, I think the cast are really good and I think they make it, you know, they bring it up. Yeah, um, yeah. To be a good story, Absolutely. and also I think because the sets and the model work as well, I all, I both I think both of those look really good. You know, it all comes together to make a really good story because, you know, it could have looked a lot worse. I mean, I'm thinking I I really like Brain of Morbius. Have you seen Brain of Morbius? Yes, I love that one. But the, if you think yep. about the set at the start of that, which is all rocks and mm -hmm. that, it yep. is so clearly a stage set and yes. you know yeah. whereas this one the lights is very low light lit and you know it looks really really good they, they've got it just right i think and i like the yeah. model work in it i think the model work looks good for the time as well yeah no i agree it's um when we talk about uh, stories like the brain of morbius and and those those other ones around a similar time um it's very inconsistent the quality of the effects definitely um, there, yeah yeah there yeah. are somewhere you can, there are somewhere they look I mean, 
when you're looking at it today, compared with today's effects, obviously they look um, uh, very, very shoddy. Um, but that's part of the appeal for me for the classic Who stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And um, but at the time, if you were to, you know, if you were about in the um, in the seventies, when was this one out? It was nineteen seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Yeah. yeah. So when you were, if you were watching this fresh in the seventies, it would have looked amazing, especially this one, where, like you say, the effects were were pretty well done because the lighting was pretty much spot on. Um, the they didn't really overdo. They didn't really overdo it, and the only, the only one thing you know that was a little bit dodgy was um, uh, the rooter that's going up the steps. You know, it's um, that did look like it was somebody, you know, just blowing <laughs> blowing air into a uh, into a was, sack of uh, jelly. But <laughs> I was going to ask you what you thought of the rooter actually, because I I remember the first time I watched this. I don't know how old I would have been. Um, quite young i suppose but i didn't watch it when it first aired i'm not that old but i do remember watching the um, vhs of it and um and i think um, initially i was a bit disappointed in the actual route on um because it was just this sort of green blob and i just thought it seemed a bit sort of unimaginative at the time um yeah i did find that it just mm. I, I found it was a little bit of a um a, a tiny bit of a cop out in terms yeah. of the um the the prop department and their imagination it, it just looked like a jellyfish you know what i mean it wasn't anything mm. too elaborate i mean maybe that's maybe that's all it needed to be you know it doesn't these these aliens and monsters they don't need to be you know these innovative crazy looking things you know it's why why couldn't there be a an alien race somewhere that looked like jellyfish you know yeah um, and i think you're right i think it, it, it Having watched it again yesterday, I think you're right. I think it didn't need to be anything else because it is coming from the sea and they are a race that were apparently were sort of bred out of the sea, I think, or something. I can't remember now. But yeah, but yeah I suppose you're right. It, maybe it didn't need to be anything more than that. Yeah. But it does, yeah. I mean, it, you know, I suppose to some audiences, they might look at this green blob coming up the stairs and find a, find <laughs> it a bit amusing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it was more the pace and the, the sluggishness that, I, that got me a little bit because I thought, right. you know, you're not going to be too scared of of something that's just, you know, wriggling around looking pretty pretty slow and non-threatening. It's not too scary. But um I found that the um that Reuben when he was possessed by this thing was more scary than the actual monster. Mm. He played that really well. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I love I love it when he's taking over because he doesn't overdo it. You know, yeah. he just just and he's cause he's got that sort of certain look as well. Mm -hmm. He you know, it's just very unnerving um seeing yes. him like that yeah uh, yeah it's yeah it's good yeah i think um a, another sort of big plus of this episode as well is uh the direction by paddy russell i think it's incredibly well directed yes um yeah. you know the shots and the frame the way it's framed everything have really really done well um you know i, I was seeing in the production notes that they had terrible trouble filming it because of the sort of curved wall sets and apparently it was a bit problematic um but i think it overall it's shot brilliantly yeah, I, I agree. That's what I um that's what my notes here actually. Um the direction and stuff and was was really well done. Considering, like I said earlier, it only it kind of flits between two two rooms really. You've got the very um the very top of the lighthouse, um, and then you've got the the basement and it kind of flits between there. And the only other place you see really is when they're out on the rocks investigating or the little kind of uh tea room. Oh yeah, uh, you know where they all those very posh British people uh, <laughs> go and 
go and have a, a, a massive argument. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And actually, yeah. the sets look really good as well, don't they? The actual, um, you know, because like you said, it's very minimal in terms of sets, but the sets they've got, you know, like the, what do you call it, the engine room? I don't know. Do you have yeah. an engine room in the lighthouse? But the, the, the basement room, you know. The generator room, wasn't it? But that's yeah. it, the generator room. Yeah, you know, it looks very good. And then obviously you've got the top with the giant light and, um, and all the fog effect as well, which was, I think, digitally put on, and you know, at the time, uh, very sort of high tech back then. Um, you know, it all does look very good. It does look cool. So what did you think to uh, Tom Baker in this one? Actually, do you know what? I thought he was excellent in this um, because Tom's around this period is is, is becoming difficult uh, in terms of, um, you know, being managed and directed. Um, and, you know, he didn't get on very well with Louise Jameson to begin with. But I think in this episode, they actually work, Tom and Louise work incredibly well. I think they've sort of found their feet a bit together and Tom's slightly warming to her. And, and um, yeah, I thought he gives an absolutely brilliant performance because he's quite um, not subdued. I'm not going to use that word because I got, <laughs> got told off. He's not subdued. He's he's just, I think he's just, just pitches it brilliantly. He's not sort of the big loud sort of fourth doctor that sometimes he is he's actually quite sort of menacing and he's quite alien at times as well like there's a there was a bit towards the end where somebody screams or something he says yes we could all die and then he laughs <laughs> yeah, and, yeah you know and it, as if to say you know so i think he's really really good in this i think louise jameson is brilliant in it as well i think she gives a lovely performance in it you know showing her sort of naiveness and her um savage sort of roots you know she's yeah, quite yeah. keen she's quite quick to say she's you know do you want me to cut his heart out and all this sort of thing <laughs> you know i think they're both really really on top form in this story yeah and um, what do you think yeah i agree with you i think um uh, I, I I like Tom Baker's performance in this one um, because it's very similar to the the story that came before this in a previous uh, series, The Talons of Wang Chiang. Yeah, and his performance is very similar. Where um, I was trying to think of a word like I think you were trying to think of something a minute ago, where you don't want to use subdued or anything because he's not. But I think he's just got a quiet confidence about him. Mm. You know, so I think in some of the earlier uh, stories that he when he first took the role on and those first. Um, that first series and that whole bunch of um, that he he was quite eccentric and he was quite um, he bounded around a lot and he was you know he seemed to have a lot more energy whereas these these ones especially from halfway through um, the previous series up to the last one the talons um, and then especially this series and through he's got a very much a more quiet demeanor but a, a, a very much an air of confidence about him where yeah. he doesn't need to be in your face with the big eyes and teeth and everything like that. He's, he, I'm not sure his, his delivery is a lot more assured and doesn't need that right. fluff. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. He's not, he's not sort of bigging it up, which he sometimes did. Um, and it can work, you know, I mean, I, Tom Baker, the fourth doctor is probably my favorite doctor. Um, but yeah, there are times when Tom really goes for it. And I think you're right. He, he just sort of gets it right in this one. He, you know, he's quite sort of, you can see it all going on behind the eyes. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting, actually. I don't know if you've watched any of the Key to Time series, which was the next series. Have you seen? That's like the Rybos Operation, Pirate Planet. Have you seen any of those? Oh, okay. No, I haven't seen those yet. Right. Well, it'd be really interesting to compare when, you, you know, what... You, this doctor to that doctor because it's still the fourth doctor but he's so different in the next series right um i think anyway i, I can't wait for you to watch it to compare it because it's obviously only a couple of years later you know or a year later possibly okay so it and it's but there's a massive shift in direction and tom's 
very much at the forefront and and having a lot of you know putting his stamp on the role big time um and it's it's quite different to this performance i think um in a way still a great performance i I love the fourth doctor but i think when you watch them you'll you'll see what i mean it'd be interesting actually to have a chat with you and compare you know how how you feel about it because I love Tom in this era, this horror fan rock. Talons of Wang Chang, I think he's just right, you know. And then for me, he goes a little bit, a little bit too zany, and there's a lot more humour put in in the key to time and that sort of thing. So, yeah, be interested to compare that with you. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So overall, then we like this one. Yes, very much so. Yeah, I do. Re- really enjoyed it, actually. Oh, I, I loved seeing, talking to the Fourth Doctor, I loved it when he had the bowler hat on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I love the look, you know, the grey coat, the scarf, the bowler hat. Really does suit Tom, actually. Yeah, because um, he, he's the Doctor that's changed or has alternated his look the most, I would say, because um, in um, Talons, he had a, a kind of Sherlock Holmes uh, deerstalker hat. Mm, that's um, right. Terror of the Zygons at the start. He had the Scottish Guard. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Um, he's had his classic, you know, larger. I'm not. I'm not sure what the name of the style is, but he's had his normal his hat on. Um, yeah, and in this one, he's had uh, the other hat on as well. The bowler hat. Yeah. Two different scarves. Two different scarves. Yeah. Oh yes, I thought you meant this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he had yeah. the burgundy, didn't he? That's later right. on. Yeah. Yeah. So he's had um, a bit more of a wardrobe change than every, anyone else, I would say. Yeah, mind you, I suppose considering how long he was in it, it's probably for the best. That, <laughs> that scarf yeah. might have been getting a bit, you know, yeah. pongy by the end of the series. Yeah. But um, no, no, overall, a really enjoyable story, actually. And I, I just think it, yeah, down to the performance, down to the direction, um, it just all works really well. I Absolutely. Think. I really like this one as well. Not my um, not my favourite of uh, of the Tom Baker era, but definitely, um, definitely up there. That's one that's overlooked quite a bit. It, yeah, it's funny you say that, isn't it? Because it's um, it is one I really enjoyed. But if you said to me if it was a favourite, it's not a favourite, mm. but it's enjoyable. Yes. It's good. And actually, looking at the other ones that are in this series, so you've got next the Invisible Enemy, which is a bit, hmm. uh, yeah. you know, you've got looking at some of the other ones that are in the series. This, this is quite a strong one, I think. I think the rest of the series perhaps is a bit patchy. Um, probably need to rewatch them. But yeah, I'm looking at some of these titles, and this one striking me as one of the best out of this series. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. There's nothing else in the series that jumps out as um, um, the invasion of time. No, no. Uh, Underworld is particularly one that I well, I haven't watched it for ages, but does not strike me as being one that I've uh, as a favourite. Yeah, uh, um, the Stones of Blood wasn't. Oh, I quite like too that bad. one. Yeah, yeah, I quite like Stones of Blood. I actually quite like the Pirate Planet as well, because um, Key to Time is a bit of a funny old series as well. You know, all that, all that lot. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what I was going to say. Did you know where the route on? Do you know why Terence Six chose the route on? Because we've never seen it before or since. Oh, was it a? Um, was it um, an an, uh, an old enemy of the Centaurans? That's it. Yeah. 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 And I really like that. I love the fact that. I think it was mentioned in um, Sontaran Experiment and possibly the Time Warrior, I can't remember, but just mentioned, you know, a brief mention. So I love the fact that Terence Stick sort of cherry-picked it and thought, yeah, let's actually, let's let's bring them in and see these routons, you know. Uh, I like that. Yeah, that is cool because it's um, it kind of keeps the, it keeps the canon and the, and the Doctor Who lore kind yeah. of consistent, but it doesn't, it, it kind of lets you, 
think about stuff a bit more and fill in the blanks, which is very yeah. cool. Yeah. And also, I mean, did, did you think he sounded a bit Sontaran-like? So, you know when he's having that great speech with the Doctor on the stairs? Because I, I really like that scene, actually, where they're just having a chat on the stairs. Didn't you think he sounded a bit Sontaran as well? Like, our race will succeed, you know? It's very sort of um, almost Sergeant Major-like. Yeah, so. I did. I, now you mention it. I didn't think about mm. that at the time, but now you mention it, yeah. That is, yeah. So I can sort of yeah. imagine the two races at war together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what would you give this out of 10, then, buddy? Um, I'd probably give it an 8 out of 10, I think. A, a, a strong 10. 8 out of 10. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd give it an 8. I really liked it. Yeah? I was wondering if you were going to go for a 0. 0.5 or slightly higher, but... Um, no, there was nothing in here, really, that you would think, oh, they could have, you know, they could have done this better, so I'll knock off a 0. 0.5 or, <laughs> or anything like that. I just thought it was a good, solid story. Yeah. Um, no complaints, really. It was uh, nice and short. You don't have to struggle too long to, to watch it. The yeah, doctor's really good. Watch. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. So what what did our what did our fellow listeners think of it? Yes. Um yeah, so we um we had uh on Facebook on our Facebook page, uh we had um Jeff Waddle. Oh Jeff. Oh does, Jeff does Jeff like it? Uh he does. He, he says, does Yeah, I'd easily have that in my top ten of all time Ooh. who. Uh, he puts, oh, come on. Creepy, claustrophobic, small cast, simple but effective story, and everyone dies, smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jeff. Oh, I kind of agree with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. that's very cool. That's what I was saying earlier. If you ask people what your top five or your top three would be, this wouldn't be in there. But if you extended that out, it would definitely be in my top ten. Of, or, of, of Baker. Of, of Baker, yeah. Mm. Absolutely. So uh, thanks, yeah. Jeff. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and... Um, we had uh, another message. It's really cool, actually. Um, I think uh, uh, your buddy, Matt, from Who Addicts, Who Addicts Reviews. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Matt. Yeah. Uh, he jumped on there to say that he hasn't actually seen this story. Um, but he wanted to say that um, uh, he wanted to start listening to our podcast um, and has recently got into it. Um, and he thinks they're, thinks they're really good and can't wait to listen to the next one. Oh, thanks, Matt. That's good to know. That's really, they, yeah. Yeah, we recommend he gives this one a watch, don't we? Yes. I think you'll like it. Or oh, mind you, they, they do like... What's the one they like that I can't stand? They do like the Zabi story. Have you seen that? Oh, no. no That's not classic- too bad. That's not too... Yeah. too. I've, I've seen worse. They classically did a, a watch of it and expected to hate it. They sort of filmed their reaction to the episode. and um, But they, they both, uh, Matthew and James, who are who Alex Reviews they, on YouTube, they both loved loved it uh, what's it called um zarby um web planet yes oh, it. I couldn't get it out of my head yeah yep. yeah they, they famously really enjoyed it um that is one story i have not watched for a long time so maybe i should give it another go <laughs> maybe <laughs> i yeah. remember finding that very hard going yes um, yeah it, well, i didn't think it was too bad i've seen worse but that way yeah um, yeah but thank we, you very much that's awesome yeah thanks for that matt that's really cool and uh, um, so those those guys have got their own YouTube channel, right? Who Addicts Reviews. Yeah, they're a really good YouTube channel. Yeah, definitely check out Who Addicts Reviews. They lots of Who content. I, I always say to Matt, I never know where they find the time to do so many videos because their their content and output is is incredible. Uh, and they're really big Doctor Who fans. So yeah, um, definitely check them out. Uh, I had a couple more comments on Facebook. I had um, Harry Westergaard. He said it's a great story. Uh, with really creepy atmosphere, agree with that. Tom and Louise are on top form. The Ruta makes a great villain and would be great to see them return at some point. I oh. think they could come back. They're yeah. easy enough on the budget. Yep. <laughs> um, Steve Jacoby said he loved watching this one. Might even watch it tonight. And that was yesterday. So Whoa. if you did watch it, Steve, I hope you enjoyed it. 
Uh, Kieran Knight says, such an easy story to watch, brilliantly directed, surprisingly cinematic, considering it's only filmed in one location. The Lighthouse crew were great, and the Doctor Leader at the best. I think that sums it up, actually. That is very, very yeah. true. Yeah. Um, Will Lloyd, brilliant. It's one I can't recommend enough. It's one of his all-time favourites, he says. Oh, wow. So it's in, it's in his top five. Just got two more here. We've got Paula Black. Hello, Paula. She says it's a classic tale. She loves the route on coming up the stairs of the lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Linda Pinfold. She says she loves this one. The contrast between the three groups works so well. So, yeah, I think it is. It, you know, there's not one bad comment there, actually. All, all the people that have... Um, you know, got in touch with us. Really enjoy it. Really like this one. That's very cool. And um, yeah, yeah. So uh, as always, thank you very much for getting in touch. It's uh, it's very cool to have some um, uh, to have your your thoughts on it, so we can give give a bit more of a wider opinion, I guess. Definitely, yeah. It's always yeah. nice to hear what you guys are thinking. You know, of the stories you review, because uh, you know, Doctor Who is a very um, you know, like you said, certain stories appeal to certain people. So you, you know, not everyone will like the same one. Indeed. So yeah. thanks, guys. Um, so Horror of Fang Rock, we're giving it an eight. A solid eight. Solid eight. Yeah. And uh, I believe that is going to wrap for twenty-one. Indeed. Yay, so thank you very much for joining us for episode 21. It's been very good giving you all the news and our review of Horror of Fang Rock. Um, we will, um, so next episode, which should be next week, we're going to give you um, a review of an episode from the newer stuff. Mm. So anything from Eccleston to Smith, essentially. Yes. Uh, we don't know what it's going to be yet. We'll, we'll tweet out you guys or Facebook, whatever. And uh, just again, just give us your thoughts and opinion on it. It's very, very cool. So if you head over to the Big Blue Box podcast, uh, .co.uk, you can find uh, links to the Twitter account to so give us a follow. Uh, you can also find a link over to Facebook. Just give us a like and join in the conversation and the madness and all the who goodness <laughs> on those pages. Be sure to check out the Geek's Handbag. Oh, yes. Uh, very, very cool uh, video reviews of uh, everything sci-fi. Uh, that Adam and all of his maxed out credit card collectibles. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no more trips to Venice for a while. Indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's been really cool. And we will see you next time for episode 22. Yes. Uh, Until the then, I'm sorry. Go ahead, the episode before Christmas. I was just, just going to say, yes, I'm off to buy my Christmas jumper. So I shall be wearing it when we record. I can guarantee you that. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so we will see you next time. Until then. Alonzi! Alonzi. <laughs>